0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: You mess with the ball you, you
2: get the horns. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Want to listen to anything that we've aired? If you'd like to download it, just go to the Roy Green Show page on the website of the radio station you're listening to now, and uh, you'll find the podcast and you can download lots of response to my interview with David Milgard, just a tremendous amount of response. And, you know, even 25 years after David was released, to hear him explain and hear him talk about what he was forced to endure when it's obvious that some people knew he was innocent and still put him away. Just horrific. Could be anybody. So, uh, yeah, and uh, my, my interview with Kate Nicholson as well, just go to the Roy Green Show page on uh, the website of the chorus radio station you're listening to now everybody downloads what's coming up. Everybody downloads. Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca. Linda Leatherdale, independent business journalist, vice president of, um, what is it? Cambria. That's right, Cambria. What do they do?
3: <laughs> we are a quartz manufacturer, exporting around the world, Roy.
0: How do you manufacture quartz?
3: Well, we get it from Canada. Okay. We manufacture into this most beautiful product. Hey, this is not an infomercial, is it? Stop. Stop.
0: Because one more word and we send you a bill.
3: I know. But we are employing people, and we're privately privately held, family-owned. How about that?
0: Okay. Yep. And Michelle Simpson, former Liberal MP, former seatmate to Justin Trudeau. And Michelle, if only, if only, if only you had been on that plane to China and had the chance again to have Trudeau as your seatmate, you could have said what to him? <laughs>
2: I, I would have said what?
0: Smart <laughs> <But>, up. Smart <laughs> up. So, uh, Catherine was on with us uh, earlier. And we were talking about free trades, uh, deals, and... Hi, Catherine.
1: Hi, and, everybody. Guys. Hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were talking about free trade and Mr. Trudeau and China and what Canada's requirements are, or, or appear to be as far as free trade is concerned. And I can't help but first of all i don't think mr trudeau is well enough informed on the issue to go and tackle the chinese uh, i don't think i don't think he's he can do that so that's why he has advisors that's why he has as you pointed out earlier catherine john McCallum is the as the uh, ambassador in china that's why he had people get paid big money to provide a prime minister with information that will at least give him a shot at selling the the message that he's delivering, particularly with the big buildup here in Canada. And it was, you. It, the, the balloon didn't just go, pfft, it exploded. Uh, there was just a big bang, and that was the end of it. So, what? And I'll, I'll, I'll start with Linda, then go to Michelle, and then Catherine, because we, we're we going to reverse order.
3: What went wrong? Huh. Well, should I say naive, or how would we word it? Um, You know, selfies don't work on this one, and this is a really, really tough country. China could be, as we all know, the world leader in economics. But it's a country that where he goes with his beautiful ideas, and I get it, you know, like fair labor, women, yen yen yeah. This is a dictatorship, Roy, and it is a dictatorship in a big way. This is not like dealing with other countries that we have relationships with. Uh, and I don't think that they are going to allow him to come over and say, well, this is the way you have to do it. (laughs) Um, and as he said, selfies don't work on this one. Um, does China really need Canada? That's another question. I mean, I, you know, our oil industry, I mean, we're just, anyway, it was slightly an embarrassment.
0: It was an embarrassment. Michelle, what kind of advice would he have received? I mean, who, who's responsible for giving him the dossier, the folder, or, or putting it in his phone, or in his laptop, or his iPad, or whatever he's taking along? Who's responsible for giving him the, the talking points that supposedly are going to work with these people who the, the the government of China and one would think Canada's best minds would have researched... The, the Chinese leaders, and given Trudeau something to work with? Or did they give him something to work with and he has no sales skills?
2: Well, I, I think a little bit of both. I think Gerald Butts would have had a ton of input into how he was, you know, the deportment. And you're quite right, it was very, very embarrassing from the reports I read. And I think a part of it is um, he's, I don't know, he's believing his own press clippings, that charm and certain attributes that he has will get him through the rough patches. Um, that's just my perception okay. of the man.
0: One, one thing that I, that I noted, Catherine, was the body language. And There's a one photograph in particular where I think Mr. Trudeau is shaking the hand of and grabbing the arm of the Vice Premier of of China, and and the the body language of the Vice Premier of China is not exactly receptive.
1: Well, no, and if you if you watched any of the video of of the various publicized events, which of course in China not a lot is, as we know. Uh, yeah. Photographs were blocked. Uh, I mean, it was quite it was quite clear that he was being spanked. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about it. But you know, it, there's a lot of things that went wrong. I don't know if anything really went right with this trip. But what gets me though is this is part this is part of an ongoing theme with this government and this prime minister: grandiose announcements of what's going to happen, and whether it's election promises on deficits, on electoral reform, you know, let, name it. There's a big long list now. And then when the rubber hits the road and you actually have to do something, uh, everything blows up in smoke. And, And to me, frankly, within Canada, it's bad enough. I mean, electoral reform or whatever, not the end of the world. We're not going to implode. But... I guess what I'd like to see is our elected representatives doing things that are right for the economy of this country and therefore the citizens of this country, not some lofty, you know, goals or ideals that they have. And to, to think that they're going to incorporate the things Linda was alluding to, whether it's gender issues or whatever, into a trade agreement is folly. And anybody paying attention to the facts knows that. So this This is a failure on all fronts, in my view, whether it was his backup people, his advanced people, the people on the ground in China, uh, or making grandiose pronouncements without the stuff to back it up.
0: Well, uh, right. yeah yeah, well, yeah uh, clearly there was there was a real real issue all along. Stephen Chase, uh, who writes for The Globe and Mail, tweeted last night I retweeted this. Justin Trudeau offered to talk to media on plane home from China to give them inside scoop on his trip, but only if journalists gave their solemn word not to report any of what the PM told us. This strictly off-record briefing took place. I was tempted to join, but ultimately declined. Good for you, Stephen. And yeah. in, in what I tweeted back, any reporter who took the bait is compromised, uh, has info he or she can't do anything with, but which may intrude on stories to be filed.
1: Yeah, That also tells me that he knew this was a fiasco, and was trying hard to spin the reporters on the way back on the plane to ensure that their reporting wouldn't be that it was the big fiasco. It actually
0: was. I, I can almost see his facial expression. It's almost it, it would be pained. You know, I'm sure. It would, I'm sure he was pained at the c- consistent and constant thumping that he took. Now he defended. He defended Western media, and I appreciated that. But but he came away with. If it's Christmas time, the Chinese didn't put anything in the bag.
1: Coal, yep, coal, <laughs> a bag
0: of coal. Coal. Well, give that to give that to what's his name?
1: <laughs> and the Chinese give that are no, give that the
0: coal plant. Okay. Give so that, that to makes sense. <laughs> give that to give that coal. Give the coal to Jerry Butts. <laughs> That's it. <good. laughs> okay, let's take a break. We'll come back. We have some other things to talk to. The beauties about on our Saturday edition. Stay with us.
1: Think you can swim with the sharks? Talk with Mr. Great White himself, Roy Green. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: Beauties and the Beast segment on the Roy Green Show with uh, Catherine Swift, WorkingCanadians.ca. Linda Leatherdale, independent business journalist, uh, Twitter at Linda Leatherdale. And Michelle Simpson, former Liberal Member of Parliament, at Michelle Simpson on Twitter. So, beauties, here from the C.D. Howe Institute, the best and worst big cities for business investment in Canada. This is important stuff. So, let me just read a couple of lines. The best and worst major cities for business investment are identified in a new report from the C.D. Howe Institute. In business tax burdens in Canada's major cities, the 2017 report card, authors Adam Found and Peter Tomlinson compare business tax burdens in 10 Canadian cities, the largest in each province. Quote, before a business decides to locate or expand in a given jurisdiction, it must consider the tax implications. Heavy tax burdens drive investment away to other jurisdictions and with it the associated... Uh, economic benefits said found the report finds the overall highest tax burden to be in St. John Charlottetown and Montreal with Montreal having the most burdensome local taxes as for the most competitive overall business tax environments Saskatoon and Calgary still lead the way but Calgary increasingly lags behind Saskatoon as Alberta's business tax environment deteriorates so where do we uh, where do we, f- where, what do we do with this information uh, let's start with a business person, Ms. Swift. Well, the this, economist.
1: This is not, uh, I guess, hot news. That, oh, you know, stop the it! C.D. has been doing these reports for annually for quite a while now, and and I think they're very helpful. The things that strike me are Montreal, for example. The business tax burden is about sixty-five percent if you accumulate everything. I mean, come on, that's <laughs> that's obscene. Uh, property taxes in every single municipal jurisdiction even the good ones tend to be three to five times higher than the comparable valued residential property and that's simply because there aren't and there are more there are more residents that vote in a municipal election pure pure politics not sensible economics and what also strikes me is that the worst jurisdictions are the ones that get massive amounts of money from the rest of the country so not only are they sucking in money from the more successful parts of the country, they're also taxing the pants off their own businesses. And maybe the two go together. They, you know, they clearly don't know how to run a government or they wouldn't be so wasteful. So, you know, it's unfortunate, though, because, of course, they're digging their own graves, aren't they? You know, they're just making sure they're going to stay in the have-not situation.
0: Uh, Michelle, what's your assessment?
1: I, I totally agree with Catherine.
2: Uh, you know, it's a political issue. And they, they handle it the way they have at their own peril. We need investment, business investment, and um, particularly, and I've always thought that some of the have-not areas, they're quite happy to remain that way. Because,
0: no because they, because they not can reach into somebody else's pocket.
3: Michelle? Yeah.
0: Linda, what do you say?
3: Well, I'm just going to say that uh, in terms of high taxes, come on. um, You know, it's interesting Montreal's on that list, but let's look at Vancouver where everything gets taxed, and then Toronto's not far behind that. Um, You know, I think that Hamilton has been a marvel, marvel municipality who has looked at trying to bring it back up and giving tax incentives to developers, et cetera, to come in and bring that city up. And Hamilton's done a great job. And I think that the more you tax, the less you attract in investment. The more innovative that you get, the better you are and for the citizens. Um, So I think it's a valuable report. Catherine's right. We've seen this many, many times. Um, But come on, guys. Look at ways of being able to boost businesses, not tax them. And let's not forget that our federal government is coming after a lot of these small business entrepreneurs with higher
0: taxes. Now I'm glad you mentioned Hamilton because as you know this is where this program originates at our CHML chorus radio station where I worked uh, Monday to Friday for many years and uh, we lamented regularly about the terrible challenges that the city faced. Mm-hmm. The uh, st- steel industry was getting moribund, it was uh it was, it was tottering and uh, people were unemployed, and uh, the downtown was a disaster, and on and on it went. City hall was populated by a council where they'd been around too long, and they had their own little fiefdoms, and all they cared about was protecting their fiefdoms. So that was the argument. I went away in 2007, right? I knew what property I knew what property values were, and I knew what the situation was when I left. So I come back in s- the summer of 2016, and I said, "What?" Yeah. I said, "What?" I, I, I looked around. The whole place has has just changed, and where I could have bought a house for seventy thousand dollars in two thousand and six, it's about three hundred thousand now. Uh, if you want to buy, a, if you want to get a, a you know a, a reasonable house in uh, in a nice part of the city, it's well I mean, forget a million. It's well beyond that. Uh, it, the, the the city has done a tremendous job. Of creating a better environment, yep. so and and they've taken exactly take, you know, and it, the steel yeah, industry's hurt, but they found a way to come back.
1: Yep, and so and it shows us businesses. They but worked. I think the, the point Michelle made, I think, bears repeating, which is that the have-not par- parts of the country, so-called have-not parts of the country, have no incentive to become haves because there is nothing. The way the policies are implemented, there is absolutely nothing incenting them. In fact, often the worse they get, the more money they get from the rest of Canada. And what kind of garbage policy is that?
0: Yeah. So when does that when does that flame burn out?
1: Oh well, we we have to all go broke. Uh, we're, we're a ways away from that yet, but I don't think we should ever think it can happen. Okay, but and, let and me let's, let's face it. Back in the mid '90s, the reason that Kretchen and Martin suddenly started paying attention to deficits. Was we were looking at not being able to finance ourselves as yeah. a country. Oh. Remember, we were right. called a, you so, know, so, a third world country by the whole street. So we back, have we have we have two day.
0: minutes. We have to sorry, Catherine. We have two minutes. So I just want to get this story, and it relates to what we're talking about. Uh, I was just looking at CTV News yesterday. The median net worth of Canadian families rose to two hundred ninety-five thousand one hundred in two thousand and sixteen, a jump of nearly fifteen percent from four years ago, mostly due to an increasing value of homes, according to Statistics Canada. So the net worth of Canadian families is on the rise along with house values. So the individual who sees that and the individual who knows that the house value has gone up is going to say, hey, I'm in pretty good shape, Yeah. Okay. but how how much money do we owe? trillion
3: and a half? There you go. And we didn't counter into this. The latest numbers are showing home prices are falling in the Toronto and the GT area. Exactly. Uh- So, you know what, there's based on 2016, and you're right, you hit the nail on the head, Roy, record, record debt, record mortgage debt, Um, perhaps a rise in interest rates, well we didn't see that, but that could happen, there's a number of things, so this is a nice comfy feel-good story, but it certainly isn't reality when you look at the whole picture.
0: Okay, so I'm out of here, I'm out of here because as of next weekend, my show's going to originate in Shanghai.
1: What's Watch out for the spanking those Chinese will give you. Yeah, exactly. Well, I have a scoop, Roy, and we maybe <laughs> they talking don't like about the Canadians week, very much I have a these scoop days. About
0: more
3: offshoring that I think you'll be interested in.
0: There was a there were a hundred lines there, but I'm not going to use any of them. All right, beauties. Thank you so much, as always. You guys are great. You guys are great. You guys are great. You guys are great. Of guys. You guys. <laughs> We'll talk to you next Saturday.
1: Au revoir. Au
0: revoir. Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, Michelle Simpson on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.